LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Welcome to The One Thing. It's Derek Hanna here, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every week. And it's just me this week. No Scott Sanders. I don't know what he's doing. He's off, scheming, plotting, probably reading a book, probably writing a book, probably listening to a TV show, watching a TV show, making lunch, all at the same time. That would be Scott. Anyway, but we have in the studio today someone uh, who is who has been on before, but quite a while ago. Um, yeah, I think you guys have lost my phone number. I didn't get invited back after yeah, the last that's right. time. <laughs> so we didn't actually schedule him on. He's just turned up in the studio Obviously today. Obviously made a big um, impression 83 <laughs> episodes ago or something. It, it, yes, that's right. It has been. What episode is this? 83. That's it. There that's you go. It. Yep. That's amazing. I was, uh, yep, you lost my phone number. Sorry. Anyway, Scott's not here, so there's a big chance of me getting a word in edgewise today, I think. <laughs> that is. Well, this is our Stuart. Uh, we have him back, and uh, it's good to have him back. We have got out a talk today. Uh, about toxic masculinity. Just before I throw to Al, and we're going to pick his brains on that, uh, this is a podcast supported by and sponsored by Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network. Uh, we're also proudly part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Networks. We'd in- encourage you to check out our network page on iTunes and see all the other quality Christian podcasts that are available there. But you have pressed play on episode 83 of The One Thing, Toxic Masculinity. Now, Al, just so people... People have probably only been listening for the last one or two episodes, so they wouldn't have heard the gold nuggets that you dropped. I have earlier. no idea who I am. No, talk to us. What you've got? Many hats, many titles. What's your favourite one? <laughs> My favourite one. I do some work with City Bible Forum, where I talk with suits about Jesus, and that's fun. Um, I'm a part-time unpaid assistant at Surrey Hills Anglican Church. I work for Toby Neal. That's fun. Uh, but uh, the you know the jewel in the crown is I work with Geneva Push. You don't pay me, but I do lots of stuff, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's great fun. Church planting, uh, it, vitally important. In fact, every church in Australia began as a church plant, and uh, we need more. How's Amen. that? Is that good enough? That is good enough. Okay. I like that. You're also on the side writing a book at the moment. Well, that's the plan, yeah. I want to write a book about what it means to be a Christian man, I want to, about healthy masculinity. I, I think we need that. I want to talk to you this episode about toxic masculinity. Uh-huh. Uh, what is toxic masculinity? Well, I've been reading a bit about this. Like, toxic masculinity is a label that's kind of, or oh, it's thrown around like a javelin to the heart of uh, of men and their behaviour, but it's rarely, rarely defined. People know it's bad, but, but what is it? Uh, if you go to the Urban Dictionary online, here we go, um, toxic masculinity, the Urban Dictionary, a social science term that describes narrow, repressive type of ideas about male gender role that defines masculinity as exaggerated masculine traits like being violent, unemotional, sexually aggressive, and so forth. Uh, Or it also suggests that men who act too emotional uh, or maybe aren't violent enough or don't do all the things that, quote, real men do, uh, get their man card taken away. So I think uh, toxic masculinity really is about I think a, a misuse, misuse of the power that men have to either bully or belittle or um, push around those who have less power. Now, whether that's other men who are, aren't as strong, uh, don't have the power, or particularly, I guess, the the wrong treatment of women, uh, kids, etc. So that's you know, um, I think that's probably the working definition of toxic masculinity. Mm. 
Now, there's those who'd push to say kind of you end up with with all masculinity being toxic. Uh, I guess it depends where you draw the line. My, my guess is almost everyone would say uh, some behaviour by men is toxic. It's just what you're looking for. Uh, so I read uh, Clementine Ford's book, Boys Will Be Boys, and uh, she's a... Uh, very, <laughs> she's a very clear communicator, is Clementine, uh, and uh, you will not die wondering what she thinks. Now, I picked up the book and I expected 300 pages of her screaming at me because I'm a man. Uh, I was wrong. Uh, it was 367 pages. <laughs> uh, but And she's got some stuff to say, like blokes misbehaving. There's no shortage of that. I think she kind of used a pretty broad brush. We all get slapped with it. Um, but then, and so her idea of toxic masculinity is men, um, I can't, on this podcast, I probably can't quote exactly what she says, but it's... That's the other podcast on the Lifeway Leadership Network, but not this one, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's basically saying that, that it's, it's about men uh, mistreating people of colour or anyone else fighting for political equality alongside them. And so it's blokes um, in the great water polo game of life pushing the heads of other people underwater in all sorts of bad behaviour. And she's um, a bit of a lightning rod for male misbehaviour because she's so strident. But I read some of the things that blokes have said to her and it's disgusting. We disagree with her and she's, she's pretty tough, but there's no excuse for what men have said to her or threatened her with. In fact, it's been picked up, this idea of toxic masculinity in uh, marketing recently. So Gillette had an ad. Oh, yeah. Uh, Gillette, uh, their uh, boys will be boys, toxic masculinity. It didn't air so much on free-to-air, but it was out on YouTube. Uh, would have been in, I think, February of this year. So basically, it, um, it, point, it kind of pointed, we've gone from Gillette, the best a man can be in advertising cricket, to now most men behave in this toxic masculinity way and there's a few men who are heroes because they call the rest of us out. And it's just this self-righteous, woke, preaching, uh, annoying... I mean, I'm a preacher, but it really annoyed me. Uh, so I have decided, as a way of punishing Gillette, that I will never buy Gillette products again. And uh, given my haircut and shaving half the back of my head, uh, it's going to hurt them. Uh, I, I've checked on the... Um, uh, if, you, if you just Google it... Uh, Gillette sales have plummeted since that um, since that advertising campaign. Now, I know they're saying it's all the hipsters growing beards, etc., but I think it's been pretty direct, and there's a few other people have decided they won't buy Gillette. And if you go to the supermarket, it's interesting how often Gillette is now at half price. Kills me to walk past it, but I'm not... <laughs> you know, it's all it's all chic or, or Nivea or... Although I don't feel so blokey using Nivea, but anyway, that's another story. No. So just to be clear there, you're saying Google Gillette sales, not Google our haircut there. Correct. It's just to be yeah, Google bit. Gillette sales, but when you, if you wanted to, you can Google Gillette women and motor racing, mm. okay, and you just see what expletive hypocrites Gillette are because they've got all these little bunnies in blue jumpsuits at the motor racing not too long ago. So uh, I won't describe too much detail, but everyone's got their clothes on when you Google that. It's okay, but... You know, they're just using women objectively at the motor racing and then, oh, let's make some money with this woke campaign. Well, uh, anyway. All right, just a couple of things for the toolbox today. Uh, the first one, Steve Bidoff's written a whole number of books on raising kids, but one of the ones that I've got three boys, as I said, 
one of the, the ones that I am particularly interested in and I've read is excellent. It's called Raising Boys. And so there's an updated edition, Raising Boys in the 21st Century. I highly recommend that. Steve Bidoff is excellent uh, on this. The other one I want to recommend is uh, Al Stewart's book, actually. One he writ, wrote, uh, he writ, one he writ a few years ago. One he wrote a few years ago called Men Firing Through All of Life. Uh, you can still get it. Um, go on to Kurong, go on to Amazon, and uh, it'll all be there. Men Firing Through All of Life by Al Stewart. Now, listen, if you have other books you've read on this issue, things that you found helpful, uh, put them in the comments. That'd be great for other people. Uh, there's not a huge amount out there, which is exactly why Al is writing another book. So stay tuned for when that comes out. Let's talk about what is toxic masculinity. How does it play itself out in Australian culture? Uh, well, I mean, I, I grew up in a little country town and saw a lot of it. And I think it's blokes mistreating women, whether that's mistreating girlfriends and catcalling and whatever, or, or socially blokes being drunk or whatever. And then in marriages, men not treating women properly and taking them for granted. So it's kind of the whole blokey, hard drinking, um, boofhead culture. Yeah. Um, I, I read about it a lot in the media. It comes up, you know, you get the boys' club things at work and sexual harassment, that sort of thing. i got to say, personally, I don't see a lot of it. But then, you know, I'm a 60-year-old clergyman. I, I don't get out much. Um, the lockout laws here in Sydney don't affect me that much. I'm not in nightclubs after 1 o'clock anymore. It just uh, Anymore? Well, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, life's got a bit quiet. But I understand that, that it happens. Although it's hard to know how much. Like I've got three daughters who all work in uh, different fields, teaching, the law, and marketing, and they very rarely say that there's problems. Like I don't, can't remember them saying there's problems in the workplace. Uh, my girls wouldn't put up with it, but I'd hear about it. So it, it, it certainly it's out there, and it's it's men misbehaving and misusing the power that they have uh, instead of looking after and caring for people, and it. It's not on. I think it's right to call it out. The problem is, if I can say, I think if I, if those who are in the really progressive kind of left, oh, you know, the uh, JBP uh, call, would, that's Jordan B. Peterson, um, JBP would call them uh, the, um, uh, the kind of neo-Marxists. It's the idea that all relationships are about power. And if you see the world that way, then the way the way to win is is the race to victimhood. Okay, and I think I think he's right in that. Once you understand that all power is bad, then how do you react to men who, by nature, have power, bigger, stronger than than women and and children? Often, um, I think biblically, given the job of leading and caring for marriage and a family, how do you react to that power? Well. The reaction for so many is to declaw men, you know, to 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 remove masculinity, and you see that with um, uh, just Google um, James Charles. Uh, he's a bloke, well, sort of. Uh, James Charles makeup tutorial on on YouTube, one point four million views, and so you've got this young bloke all all done up, face makeup. He looks pretty hot, actually. I think you know, it looks, <laughs> <laughs> he does. <laughs> And I'm thinking, what? Messing with my head. And Chanel's bought out a range of makeup for men. Mm. So, you know, some of us, are, it's not going to affect my modeling career. But, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, but the idea is kind of to devalue masculinity and, and kind of it blends into, you 
to try and make blokes almost fem- or become feminine and pull the claws of men. And then the other side of it, you've got the hardcore, hard drinking, uh, you know, that it. So it's a, it's a crazy world. People, I've had young blokes say to me they don't understand what it means to be a man and how he to live as a man. That's why I, I'm going to try and write a book. Hmm. i tell you what's interesting. Um, Jordan Peterson, uh, and I'm a fan, I, I, I like him and all the right people hate him. Um, he's not a Christian and his message is generic, but it's young men who are responding to it because he's saying things about how to live out a life of using, you know, how could I, in my humble way, I think Jordan Peterson's message is life is hard, so get your act together, pick up the heaviest burden you can and make life better for the people around you. Well, that's, that just resonates with the masculine heart. Do you see within churches an unhelpful masculine, an unhelpful toxicity around masculinity? Because, you know, churches at the moment, um, they're on the nose. Yeah. Sometimes for good reason um, as well. Yeah. Now, I, I know there's been some uh, publicity around, you know, men mistreating their wives and that sort of thing. Uh, look, I've been involved in churches all, all over, well, certainly all over in, in New South Wales and, and some for 30 years. There's the occasional thing, bullying and et cetera, insensitivity, but it's rare. And when there's problems between men and women in churches, often it's just the kind of the young man who's a bit awkward and would like to form some kind of special friendship with a woman and he's been clumsy about it and she's sensitive. That, that's much more common. Uh, I think if you're well, uh, passive uh, or non-masculinity is more of a problem. Uh, and what I mean by that is you're more likely to find men who won't step up and take the lead and who won't sacrificially love their wife and kids and are happy for their wife to lead the family and lead spiritually, and they're kind of they're they're absent. It's like you wonder, well, what was Adam doing when the serpent's talking to Eve and saying, "Look, the fruit's good," and etc. And he's standing there, what, with his finger in his ear? You got to like, where was he? Now that that is that's why Genesis three is so. I shouldn't be flippant about it, but it's it's Adam's absence in the whole thing that makes him culpable. That's more of a problem in our churches, I think, than men being toxically masculine. So just to be clear, you're, you're not saying there are no problems or the instances people point to don't exist. You're saying actually as a general rule, they are the exception rather than the rule. Uh, yes, I think they're the exception. I think they're reasonable. I would put it as, as rare. Sure, men are, men are selfish. Yes, we all are. And, and some men, many men are not good husbands, but... Uh, Christian men abusing their wives uh, in evangelical churches in Australia, I think, are rare. It's very rare. And when it comes to light, pastors are, are, as I've seen, addressing it as much as they can. Uh, I think men being passive rather than um, deliberately and masculine in a healthy way is more of a problem. Like I've heard lots of guys preach, and um, I'm from a (laughs) <laughs> pretty hardcore family, there are some preachers I would invite my brother or my father to come and hear, but not many. Right, so that I think it's that we want healthy masculinity um, in our churches, um, and we've got to deal with toxic masculinity, but I think the former is the bigger issue. 
So just as we uh, bring this conversation to a close and we will talk about healthy masculinity in our next episode, what's the one thing you would want to say about toxic masculinity? Uh, Toxic masculinity is the abuse of power that men have in relationships and an abuse of the responsibility that they carry because of that. And it it should be called out and it's a good thing. Uh, The wrong response is to get rid of masculinity. The right response is to develop a healthy masculinity, a healthy use of that power. Give us a teaser for the next episode. How would you define healthy masculinity? Uh, I think it's a willingness... um, a willingness by men to step up, use the power that they have to take responsibility for the people that they should be looking after. All right. We're going to explore that next episode. That's all we have time for this episode. We'll be picking up that topic again uh, with Al on uh, healthy masculinity next episode. The One Thing is part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network, and this is a good chance to point you to one of our other partner podcasts, New Church's Q&A with Daniel, Todd, and Ed. We love these guys. Uh, We've had them out here. We'd have them out more if we could, but uh, you can listen to them every single week. Uh, Questions like how to make your leadership pipeline relational, how do you attract and engage new people, growing deeper with your congregation. Just look up New Churches on their podcast, New Churches Q&A. It's great. Well, if you liked what you heard today on The One Thing, we'd appreciate if you take a moment to rate the show on iTunes, even leave a comment. But next week, thanks for joining us for this episode. Next week, we've got Al back and we're going to be talking about the other side of this. How do we define and how do we see and how do we implement healthy masculinity in our lives and see it in our churches? See you then.